Hello and welcome everybody. I've got a very special guest. I know I say that all the time. I always have a special guest, but this one is near and dear to my heart because he's also a fellow FDNP like myself and he's a real straight shooter. But before we get into him, let's, I'm Heather Gray with Discovering Health, right? I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who works primarily with other practitioners who have chronic health issues such as Lyme, mold, and autoimmune issues. Um, Talking shit is the name of the podcast. And the reason for that is, is there's, there's two reasons. So one is um, it's, it's bringing your shit story, your shit storm, right? The majority of us practitioners who got into this industry got into it because of our own story, right? And when we can take that story out of the darkness into the light, that is when we heal. So that's part of the talking shit, right? And then the other part is that I am a practitioner, and that's probably one of my favorite topics, right? Coffee enemas, parasites, bacteria, yeast, you know, what is the consistency of your poo? Um, actually, I did a whole webinar on uh, talking shit, the shocking truth about constipation, right? Um, so it's just, you know, now topic is really off topic for me. And, and I like it that way, because like I said, education awareness is what gets change in this world. Um, so Again, so I'm going to welcome Mr. Buddy Black today, and he's going to go in and tell us, you know, what lights him up, his backstory, and why he got to be the gallbladder guru. And yeah, I just let's let's hear it for uh, Mr. Buddy. Hey, Heather, thank you. I, you're, I'm telling you, we were in a group together. We're still in a group together, but when you said talking shit, because it's funny, because I do stuff like that in my group of twenty-five thousand, strictly gallbladder pre-op pre recovery and post-op. So we're not discretionary on that. We're, look, I mean, the medical world's the medical world. And if you happen to come after your surgery, that's fine. If you're pre-op trying to find a way through it, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. I will suffice it to say, we don't do too much on natural remedies. I'll be honest, because I, that's where the term gallbladder guru came from was in 2015. <clears throat> I'd been dealing with some health issues probably for, close to seven, we know now about seven or eight years prior to 2015, and no one made any connections. But but I was put on nine different medications, some for anxiety, some for depression, some for uh, erectile dysfunction, some for, and all the, and it was basically, you know, let me give you a pill to get over an ill, but then now you got a new ill, let me give you a new pill. And it, we all, as FDNs, we understand exactly this cascade of crap, and it's just like, there's got to be the stopping point somewhere. And my stopping point was emergency gallbladder surgery. Mm -hmm. I, after I had tried to do uh, two, I didn't try, I did, uh, gallbladder flushes. Mm -hmm. I did, so I was diagnosed uh, in an emergency room uh, nine, uh, nine hours from home on vacation uh, that was like, no one had told me anything about anything. It was like, well, maybe you got pancreatitis. Maybe you've got, had one doctor just off the cuff is pissed at me. Cause I was like, I'm freaking hurting on my left side. I want to know. And it's off nonchalant, you know, young kid just said, well, maybe you got pancreatic cancer, you know? And I was severely, uh, anxiety and depression at that time, it sent me off a tumble. I'm not that guy. You can tell I'm, I'm 10 feet tall, bulletproof, right? But when I was under so much stress and so many medications, all of a sudden I found myself in a world of Lexapro and Prozac that I didn't know, to be honest, what the F was going on. <laughs> 
and nobody could tell me what was going on other than here's another pill. And I'm smart enough to know, look, we can only go so far and then there's going to be a crash. Mm. I so didn't know I, what that was. Can I ask a quick question? So you said yeah. you did two gallbladder flushes. Why do you think that that didn't help and you still ended up having emergency gallbladder surgery? Was it um, too far so, gone? Or is it, okay, am I jumping ahead? So, 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 here, so here's, what I, here's what I've learned. One, so here's my little here's my little model. By the way, this is a life size medical model of the pancreas, the duodenum, the gallbladder, liver sits up here, back here, right? That's a life size model. You know, here's my hat. You can see it. I mean, that's a life size model for oh, an average God, yeah, human that's being. Just now clicking. That's a life size model. Oh wow! I so the gallbladder. So, so here's here's an interesting point. So there's your gallbladder. Here's my thumb. It's not a very big organ. The bile duct right here, it's it's the size of. I always have to tell everybody this here. <laughs> no, seriously, a coffee stirrer. Oh. How are you gonna get a stone through that? Ow. You're not. So here's here's the physiology part of gallbladder flushes, and I'll argue with anybody over it because I've seen too much of it. Oh, so I had about ready stuff. to get some truth dropped on us, huh? Well, let me. So look, you got, you got, you got a gallbladder. You've got your bile duct, right? Look at the size of that bile duct. I mean, I'm just gonna put it up there close. There's, there's, there's a <laughs> coffee it. stir, right? It, that's how big it is. <clears throat> Here's my gallstones. Sounds like a what do you call those damn things from Mexico? Those, those broad. The, no, oh, the maracas, maracas, <laughs> right? You know, but if you if you look, there's stones that are the size of marbles, and these are pigment stones. They're black. But so here's here's so here's what I learned. So I went to a naturopath, do all this stuff. I read a book by, and I'll not worry about promoting his book. Go to Amazon, get it. You learn all this stuff, and there are ways to do cleanses. But when they're talking about a gallbladder flush where you drink apple juice for a week to soften the stones and you do this and you do this and you drink Epsom salts and you drink magnesium, all this stuff, and then you drink olive oil and, and lemon juice or some type of citric juice and then you poop out all of these stones. Yeah. They're not stones, they're soap. There's soap. There, there's, I've, yeah, I've, I've got medical studies that were dug up from 2016 that they actually did the the uh, analyticals of gallbladder flush stones. So here's what I did. <clears throat> so I do the flush. I did feel good afterwards. Don't get me wrong. I felt good the day after my gallbladder flush. I felt good enough. I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a dude. If I did one, it felt good. Two's going to make me feel freaking awesome, and I'm going to make sure I did the second one, had just as many stones in the toilet, right? Stone. But, but, oh, huh? right. Stones. Stone. Well, at that time, though, I didn't know. I was ignorant. Right. And I love the word ignorant. It's just I haven't learned it yet. But I did the flush and scooped up the stones in the first one, mm -hmm. put them on a paper plate, and I'm looking at them. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I've got this scientific mind and I'm educated and I'm looking at stuff. And I'm like, wow, those are, those didn't look like my mom's. And I remember when being a little bitty boy that she went through gallbladder surgery. I remember she had two of them when they were like the size of marbles. But in my, but I, I don't remember. She, I think that she threw them out. But I remember 
looking at them and I remember looking at these, I'm like, well, these are, they're bright green. These are as green as this cup, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this. An hour and a half, two hours later, I'm meandering around and they were laying on a paper towel and the paper towel is green, but it's, they're gone. And I'm like, where in the hell did they go? Did, not thinking they dissolved, but obviously looking at them, I don't know when stolen, so they dissolved. <laughs> right? So, oh, my God. Right, right. And so I'm like, I'm going to do another one, but then this, and I'm going to see if this, and, and in my mind, not knowing the size of this little organ, you can't put a hundred, you can put a hundred stones in there, but they're going to be little itty bitty stones. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, when you look at the actual size of the organ, it's not going to take. If you go do a gallbladder flush and you scoop out a fish net, the little, I thought I got a fish net from your fish right. tank, you scoop that out half full, it didn't come out of here. There's no way this will hold it. Volume wise, it won't hold it. You know how bad my heart is breaking right now? Do you know how many of those fucking flushes I did that make me sick as a dog all night long, sweat? So you're going to get, so so now you're really going to get an education, okay? Ugh. So I do the first flush, they dissolve and go away. I do the second flush, I keep some of them, and I, I'm going to send them to a lab. But April 1st, 2015 was my April Fool's Day. That was the last day of my flush, my last flush. Day after that, I don't feel good. I feel okay, but I don't feel good. Every day thereafter, I progressively got worse. By the 26th of April, my son's, our, our firstborn's birthday, I'm like, get me to the emergency room. This is, there's something fucking wrong. And yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be, there's, there's something here. That I don't, you know, when your body goes to a point where I said it hit the wall, April 27th, I hit the wall. Mm. I'm like, so I go in, the surgeon does the job, said it'll be about 45 minutes. It's almost two hours. I come out, I'm hurting like I've, I've never been put under before. So that's another thing. I've never, you know, I come out, but I can tell you the pain I was in when I went to the emergency room. They're like, it'll be a little bit longer. It'll be this, it'll be this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I hurt here and here. And if you'd have given me a scalpel, I'd have cut it open. I hurt so bad. It was like, and my whole torso was just in like knots. And it was like, I, I'm freaking dying. I didn't realize I was. So I do, I, I go to the, through the surgery. I come out and I'm groggy, but I hear the doctor tell my wife and my son, uh, I need to talk to your dad in 48 hours. Right now, you got he's got one foot on my table and one foot in the grave. And I'm like, what? My gallbladder head went gangrene. My pancreas was severely inflamed. I had beginning of sepsis. I my liver was 12% fat. Now, the the surgery didn't cause that, but it's 12% fat. I had a lot of freaking issues and my kidneys were slowly my performance was dwindling on my kidneys he said here's what i want you to do i want you to go home if you don't improve in 24 hours i want you back i did improve i felt a little bit better but in 48 hours i went back to him and he's when he gave me this whole big diagnosis of the stuff that actually happened they took out three lymph nodes from uh the surgery because they were so swollen 
I had one under my armpit that was like, it was huge. You know, obviously we know what they, they're like when they get swollen. I had another one in my neck here and another one here. And it's, it was unreal how toxic I was and what had happened. And there's, there's a little, and I will, and if I can find him real quick, cause I don't want to take too much time. So here I'm going to, if you can see, there's some, there's the stones. Okay. This little stone, there's one, only one, only one little freaking stone. It's a little bitty bastard. Sorry. A little there bit it is. <laughs> that stone is the, what he took out of me on an ERCP, which means he ran a tube down my throat before surgery. They ran it. They did a scan on me and that stone was stuck right there. Huh. In the sphincter of Audi. Now, the thing about it, I didn't know, the golf, the liver drains into, you know, picks up through your gallbladder, condenses your product, your, your, your bile, but then it goes down, goes through the edge of the pancreas, but they both spill out into the, there's a sphincter on this little medical model. You can bear oh, that, little yeah, sphincter, yeah. that little sphincter in there, and it had plugged that sphincter up, backing bile up into my pancreas. Oh, backing bile up to a point into my gallbladder and into my liver and I was becoming toxic. I was, I was on the edge of being, I was, I was jaundiced to some extent, but I, they, had, so the stone, when I did my gallbladder flush, that little stone came out of my gallbladder, oh, worked shit. its way down and worked its way into here, but it couldn't make it through the sphincter of Odie and it stopped and plugged me up. That's when my body started becoming toxic. Oh shit! So it's the thing so that was supposed to help you actually. Yes. What so you... so here's why I do, here's why in my group of twenty five thousand we boot people all the time. Being honest, that you come in and start talking smack about gallbladder flushes and you know best and all this other kind of stuff. Here's what I will not do as an FDNP. I'm not going to put my client in a precarious situation to where that could happen to them because when I got through and when I got done. The only, and I'm just being brutally honest, the only thing that stopped me from suing the living shit out of my natural path, they were a really good friend of mine. And I'm like, but I took their advice every step of the way going, you got to drink this apple juice. You got to do this. You got to do this. And you're going to poop out all these stones. And all, and all I did was at the end of the day, I've got pictures of my green stones uh-huh. From the flesh. And I look at them and I'm like, well, if those are my stones, what, what the fuck are these? And nobody had answers, especially the natural paths going, I don't know what that is. Well, that tells me you're not studied enough in the damn topic to, uh, to give advice on that topic. Mm. Here's the deal. I'm studied enough to say, I'm not going to tell you to do a gallbladder flush client because I don't believe in them because one, they may work for some people per se, but what if they have a stone and what people usually say is, well, I don't know if they got stones or not. Well, then you damn sure don't need to be doing it. Well, what if they do have stones? Then you damn sure don't need to be doing it because huh. if a stone gets out of that gall at organ and gets into that, that digest or into the into that bile duct, here's the deal. Cholesterol stones are different than pigment stones. Mm. 
totally different. One's made up of a boatload of fats, cholesterol, right. that's just too too much, and it precipitates out in the gallbladder and creates a gallbladder with traditional gall stones. These are pigment stones, which means my liver's jacked up. So I had, this is too much bilirubin, and, and that's a part of you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, then don't prescribe, don't advise, don't push in that reality. And what I'm going to do is be better be safe than sorry. I'm going to be like, obviously consult your medical team, understand what kind of surgery you're going to need to go through. And if you can push them hard, what kind of stones do I have? Do I have cholesterol stones? Do I have sand? Do I have sludge? Do I have an organ that's that's not functioning properly, i.e. it's hyperkinetic, which means it just dumps all of its contents real fast? Do I have a low-functioning one that's just almost like it's not even there to begin with? There's a lot of open-ended questions about this kind of stuff. And that's where, so when my passion kicked in and then whenever you and I met after graduation, the whole idea of becoming an FDNP was nobody had answers about life after gallbladder surgery. I I was the stereotypical, and I will tell you, let me pause right there for a second. The reason I did flushes was one, I'd never been cut on, I was worried, but the number one complaint about somebody with gallbladder surgery is what, do you know? I bet you know. Number one complaint of gallbladder surgery. You mean- Afterwards, what's the aftermath? Um, well, you, having it removed? No, no, aftermath. That, what's the, what's after, what, why do people not want to have gallbladder surgery? They hear all the time, oh, you're going to have permanent diarrhea and you're going to be explosive. You're going to be somewhere and you're going to have gallbladder surgery. You're not going to be able to digest fats, but you that, can't control yeah. your bowels anymore. And you're going to be having a burger with the friends or the neighbors down the street and all of a sudden an attack hits. And, you know, I heard hundreds of stories of people be like, hey, I've had my gallbladder surgery. So, um, you know, Heather, I don't know this city that you're in, but we're going to go to this restaurant. Where's the bathroom? Where's, the, oh, it's over there. Okay, all right, now I've got it. They they literally lay out the territory based on their bowel movements. Mm. I ain't fucking living that way. Right. Bullshit. I mean, it's, it's like, I didn't have that problem before. Why do I have to have it? Oh, well, you don't understand. That's why you don't want to have gallbladder surgery. Here's the number one thing. You may have to change your damn diet. Mm. More than likely, your diet's what gave you the gallstones to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where people get pissed because it's like, my God, I'm going to eat my pizza. I'm going to eat my burger. I'm going to eat this. Well, you may be mixing too many carbs with too much of the wrong kind of fats, the wrong kind of proteins, and all this stuff, all this. And they're like, well, it never bothered me before. But here's the deal. The, the aftermath is it, it has been bothering you. You never made the connection. Right. No, I work with autoimmune clients and you, it's the same freaking thing. You know what the number one cause for autoimmune issues are? Wheat, grains, dairy, right? And those two are the most addictive type of foods because each of them have a protein of morphine, you know, yep. morphine and dairy and gliadomorphine and wheat. So pizza, you go back to pizza, it's one of the most addictive foods out there. So it's no wonder I sure. have such a hard time. But, 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 to, but to the major public will be like, damn it, Heather, you're trying to tell me that diet's got something to do with this. And you're like, you know, here's, and this is, this is the big thing that Buddy's got. And I, I mean, I am, I'm a crude person, but I'm, I'm a straight shooter. No bullshit. You don't like it. There's the door. I don't give a damn. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lead you on. 
And I'm going to tell you straight from the hip about this stuff. The reality is the diet is the only thing you have control over. Amen. You don't have control over your DNA, which I've got DNA tests back here. I run DNA tests 10, 15 of them a week because I am a firm, firm believer in DNA testing. You want to know about your gluten sensitivities? That's one test. That's fine. But if I do your DNA and your DNA says, I'm like me, I have not tested. I do not test bad for celiac, mm. but I have a genetic predisposition that doesn't allow me to metabolize that. So it, it will not show up on a damn test to say, oh, you've got a gluten sensitivity. Right. But I can have issues based on it simply because my body doesn't metabolize freaking gluten the right way. Right. And so it's a totally different test. So I do, I do a ton of these tests, but people don't under, they're like, oh, I've lived 30, 40, 50 years. Well, I can tell you, here's a real rub. I've got a group of 25,000. I'm not saying that to be braggadocious, but I will tell you this, out of that 25,000, 80% of that population is girls from 25 to 45. Ooh. I've got the demographics. Wow. And of those 25 to 45 year olds, genetic plays a small part. Diet plays a big part. Absolutely. Birth control plays a bigger part. Uh, and birth control will, if you read your birth control and says, you know how they give you that big freaking long list of any medication can cause anal fissures and all this other shit, whatever. Uncontrollable cyclical vomiting and diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't read that crap because I don't want to have a baby. But in the middle, so there's been so many numerous times, I'll tell them, look, just, just type in your... Your, your birth control med and then put a space and then gallbladder or gallstones. Oh. And people were like, oh my God, no way. And I'm like, because of the way those medications make your cyclical body, not cyclical as in your period, oh. cyclical the way your body processes from your liver, that affects that gallbladder. And sometimes it makes that gallbladder dormant. And you slows it down. It's motility because that it has an effect. So if it moves your cycle to where you don't go through your actual menses, right? Those same progesterone and uh, uh, or progesterone and uh, estrogen mm -hmm. when they cycle out like they're supposed to do every month under normal conditions, you affect that cycle by taking birth control. And that affects that cycle, affects your gallbladder, can, can affect your gallbladder, and it can affect how your liver processes that kind of stuff. And it's just, that's just yeah. one. That's just one little thing that can happen. And so take your diet. You got a crappy diet, no pun intended. You got, you're taking, you know, you're, you're living your life. And look, I've been, I've been 20, obviously. I've been 30. I've been 40. 10 feet tall, bulletproof, and going to live forever. I've been down that road, drink like crazy on the weekends and week, whatever, you know, I've done all of that stuff. But when your body finally gets to a point of saying, look, I'm calling no joy on this. And I, so. Flag I on would, the play. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And, but we don't listen to it until it slams us into a wall and then you have got no recourse but to listen. Yep. So here's, so that's why when we were talking about title for gutted, that's what I use a gutted. That's mm -hmm. I'm just like, I felt that way after surgery. No one told me how I was going to live other than the fear. And, and, and I had more than one person tell me, 
Go get, go to Sam's Club, give the big box of Depends, and get uh, Imodium AD. And anytime you go out, take Imodium AD. That so was that, their fucking advice. Heather, Depends and Imodium he AD. That's Heather, Heather oh my you wouldn't believe the amount of people that do that. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's shocking. And to me, it's just like, I'm not going to fucking live that way. And they're like, well, what am I doing differently? Change your damn diet if you need to change your diet. Change your lifestyle a little bit. You know, I mean, there's 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 things. So here's the deal. So I don't know any of this shit. <laughs> no pun intended. I'm having gut issues like crazy. I could not get anybody to help me out. I mean, when I say anybody, I was going to doctor after doctor after doctor. And so finally I started just Googling gallbladder stuff and that all, and, and if you go to TikTok and, and put gallbladder removal, this is funny. People are making fun of themselves going like, they'll be they'll be eating food going, and they'll be like, they'll put that little rumble sound in their tummy, and they'll be oh yeah, gallbladder removed, and run off to the bathroom. And I'm like, I ain't, I'm not living like that. Oh but that, they make fun of it. Because they don't know the difference. And it's like, so here's the deal. I will f- preface it to say, today, I've had three eggs, a couple pieces of bacon. That's it. Took my Enemian in my my uh, resveratrol, and then I took. I'm big on that stuff. So anyway, I take that, working on the genetics and all that kind of stuff. But I do that, and I will break. I, that's the start. And then I just had that a little bit ago. I think at one o'clock. And so I'll eat again at five o'clock. I'll eat a steak, big steak at five. That's all I eat. That's it. Carnivore. Uh, right. I'm eating really good, healthy fats, but I do minimize my fat. So I'll eat bison. I eat elk and stuff like that. Liver, love liver, all that kind of stuff. Here's the deal though. I've never eat like that. But again, I did genetic testing and found out that why my body leans that way. I do not, um, I'm hypersensitive to caffeine. Mm-hmm, me too. Hypersensitive to sodium. If I eat half the recommended daily ounce of sodium, I begin to build fluid in my joints and it starts to mimic pseudo arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, shit. And I've been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I've got the little paper and I'm like, huh, but cut the sodium out. And all people think about is sodium is, oh, you got to have sodium or you can't have too much sodium because you'll get hyper, right? Right. Hypertension. Is that, is that the same kind of sodium or is that? Sure. It's the same. Are you talking like table salt, which is crap? Yeah. yeah. Are you talking about? Well, even, 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 no, for me, it doesn't matter where the sodium comes from. I have to be aware of that sodium. Oh, okay. Because my body does not metabolize it, it stores it. Oh, gotcha. And then builds inflammation. And instead of getting gout crystals in my joints, I get salt. Um... Now, that's according to what my DNA says. So I cut out the sodium in my diet. Obviously, it helps for your heart. But it helps on fluid retention. It helps on other stuff. And I've learned the flavor of meats and stuff. I Don't get me wrong. I use salt on my meat. But when I eat one meal a day, I don't have a whole lot, to be honest. Right, right, right. But I've got sodium. I can't deal with oxalates. Mm. I can't deal with histamines. My body just absolutely, you feed me broccoli and cauliflower and my body just says, you know what? I'm just going to kick your ass for the next couple of days as I build <laughs> inflammation in my body. That's me. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. me. And by taking my DNA test and putting it through and understanding who I am and what I am and making those adjustments, it's different. 
It's right. totally different. So let's get back. So I'm come out of surgery. Hold on, hold on, I'm, hold on. Yeah. Can we go back just a little bit further? So you had said yeah. that the second flush that you did, you actually sent those stones to pathology. What did it come back as? Soap. What do you bile mean? Acids, bile, bile acids. Okay. A little bit of fecal material and oil. Okay. But not gallbladders. Like I so said, I'm still, so my brain is still reeling over that. Cause like I said, I've probably done four and, or five. And if you go and, if, and, and I've got it posted in my group to a link out on, I think it was, uh, cause I'm on, look, I'll post my stuff, but I don't, I don't want you to believe my stuff. Just being honest, but buddyisms are nothing. They're, they're, they're anecdotal, they're experience. Mm-hmm. But if I can send you to Harvard Med, and there is a post of all the analytics of a gallbladder flush stone, a little bit different. So, so you know, FDN, I mean, they, they it's kind of touted in there to do gallbladder flushes, especially yep. if your client I, has I told, I, 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 told, I told them right up front, I said, I'll do everything you guys talk about, but I will not advocate for gallbladder flushes. No, no, no. But have you talked to them about, you know, having you on as a, as a specialized talk? Type I, of thing? I just, if they want, if hey, I, I, I do this when I do get in the group and I chat a little bit, people under people that know me, know me. And there's, there's again with gallbladder flush stuff, you will find a lot of people that are so believable and ingrained into that stuff. They don't want to change their mind. And I get it. And that's like, you know what? My natural path, I mean, you. she would, I honest to God, believe heaven and earth over her because she sat there and, I mean, the way she conveyed her message, she was passionate about it. And that she does, she does these flushes twice a year, like a lot of these people do and stuff like that. The reality is, is it a good, healthy way i say no only because i would much rather see you change your diet mm. take a long approach to it mm. if you've got so if you came to me heather and you've got sludge i would be like you know, there's a medic medicine called ursodyl doctors would say hey heather we could probably put you on this go on it for a, it's temporary mm. look I'm, a, I'm 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 not a big advocate for medication but when you've got this condition instead of letting them turn into stones mm. if you can make a change okay let me change my diet let me change my exercise regime let me get active let me be proactive take this medication temporarily short term two three four five months right but change the lifestyle the diet maybe between the two of those changes three changes four changes you can bring yourself back into more balance and you can avoid surgery or avoid you know your gallbladder it's when the gallbladder and this is what i tell everybody the only time i advocate for surgery if your gallbladder is giving you pain and suffering you're having attacks they call it periodically like once every two or three weeks or or more it's not going to get better it's got to a point that it's, it's, it's just happening. And like my surgeon told me, he said, you know, because it's driven internally, it's inside of us. We can't lay our eyes on it. Mm. Right. If that was, you know, I'll, I'll pick on a sensitive subject for you ladies. If that was happening, some, well, just, if that was and, and even, even internally in your cervix, you can't see things, you know, things are wrong. But if that was having to breast tissue, and you could see with your eyes something's changing shape, something's changing color, 
I'm having an ache in places. I can feel a knot. I, oh, it changes you visually because you can see it and you feel it and you can kind of lay, without being crude, lay hands on it. Right. If that, but internally in your liver, that's why we have, how many people walk around with congested liver? Right. And they have issues from it, but they never do make the dot connection. Oh, that's what it is. And But we do, we see it every day. My nutritionist is what drew, drove me from my surgery through healing into FDN. Hmm. And I've only, I've been graduated from FDN a year. Okay. Like, like literally last week, I think was my, or two weeks ago was my graduation. Well, congrats. But the, what was so intriguing about it was he said, I will tell you a real good visual about fatty liver. <laughs> this got me. He said, if they got a hangover on their belt, they got fatty liver. Hmm. He said, that's it. No bullshit. No nothing. I'll, and if you argue, let's go take a biopsy. Cause I can guarantee you, if you've got fat on your abdomen protruding over your belt, so a muffin top. Yep. If you've got if you've got excess for right. all of us, and it depends on that's an indication that you've got your because your liver has quit storing in itself and it's storing it in other places. Right. You know, and I think that's part that pisses me off the most, you know, I've always been kind of a heavier, you know, thicker woman often on my whole life. I've, I've dealt with weight issues. And at one point in the last, you know, 20, 15 years, I've seen a, a shift in body positivity and, you know, feeling yeah. good in your skin, which I think is all great. But at the same time, I think it's also sending a really fucked up message that no, you're still overweight. You're right. still more susceptible. To I, I want like you, I, Dr. Ken Berry is a big carnivore guy on YouTube, big presence on YouTube. I love that guy. Love that guy. He said, so people were like, oh, you're fat shaming. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told that before. I'm, oh, like, okay. I'm overweight. How am I fat shaming you? Turn my fan on. I'm hot. So here's, oh, Hey, I'm telling you, I'm just getting started. But so here's what he said. I understand what you're saying about fat shaming, but I'm not fat shaming you. But here's what I will tell you. I want you beautiful and healthy. Absolutely. I'm not just going to tell you you're beautiful just because you're beautiful. I want you beautiful and healthy. Oh Being beautiful and dying at early age or having health complications, that doesn't help anybody. And it certainly doesn't help you. And I told, I kind of get, I don't kind of, I, I, I will literally roll that carpet out to anybody. I do what I want. I want people to be beautiful, but I want to be healthy. <clears throat> and it, it, it saddens me, but this is what got me. So I have, I was diagnosed 12% fat liver after my, di after my prognosis of my gallstones. When he's handed me my little dish, he said, you got 12% fat liver. I said, uh, doesn't that need to be addressed? He's everybody's got it. <laughs> oh my God. Every, a lot of doctors, they, they, a lot, everybody's got it. It's they've got it so much. Well, the statistics are that fatty liver disease right. will be the number one cause of liver transplants. I think well, this is 20, 20, yeah. In three more years, three more years, they're saying that statistic wise. So they will be literally looking for healthy livers coming from a, this, you know, obviously from a deceased person. Right. But gr granted, I'm glad they did blood, they did own a donor program, 
but they're going to take that healthy liver and put it into an unhealthy person because the one number one thing about fatty liver that I find shocking, it's one of the only things that's preventable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Change your diet. Absolutely. Get off your butt, go to work, and if you can't go to work, change your diet till you can. Absolutely. So you I was 298 to... pounds at surgery. I'm 240. Oh wow! Congratulations. And, and I, but so here's the, so here's the deal. After surgery, I'm having all this kind of issues and stuff, and I'm not gonna go with the emodium. I'm not going with the depends. This is bullshit. I'm gonna figure this out. No one would tell me about it. My nutritionist. Here's what really shocked me. So after I got out of surgery, I go back to running. I feel better. I mean, life is good. And then one day I wake up. I got no energy left in me whatsoever. None. I mean, there's literally none in me. Uh, my wife is on uh, hormone replacement therapy. She had a hysterectomy over a, a decade ago. Now, oh, wait, almost 15 years ago. Well, anyway, she said, get out of the house, come with me. I go with her. He's like, hey, how you feeling? I said, to be honest, Doc, I feel like shit. He goes, let me pull some blood on you. I had no testosterone and I had no DHEA. Mm. So I had a friend of mine and he has his own clinic in another state. I call him up. He said, let me send you a lab. We'll get you some blood work drawn. I had, and so I said, what are you doing with all this blood work? He said, well, before we put anybody on testosterone replacement therapy, we'll see how your body's processing all of its fats. And I'm like, oh, okay. He said, if you're on a statin, that's going to be a number one indicator, which I was not, that we got issues because statins will shut down your cholesterol. It will bind your cholesterol and move it out. But it, cholesterol is the first number one building block of freaking hormones. And I'm like, what the hell? He goes, so yeah, if you bind cholesterol, you're taking a hell of a damn shot of screwing up your testosterone, your hormone production. Well, I wasn't, but I was low in A, E, D, and K, B12, B6, B1, B5. I was B9. I was like low in omega-3s. And he, they're like, whoa, 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 there's something wrong here. And when they found out a damn a gallbladder, they're like, oh, you need to take a bile salt. Right. To help you with it. And I'm like, why? He goes, well, these are all fatty acids or minerals and vitamins that interact with fatty acids. So right. you just need to pump that up. So I pumped it up. That was a game changer for me. Mm. Uh, but it also stopped a lot of the diarrhea because mm. my body was getting back in balance. So yeah. it didn't stop it all the way. And But so for years, I lived with a bunch of stuff. And I had heartburn like crazy afterwards. So what got me was... so. I graduated a year ago, so a year before that, so two years ago, in my gallbladder journey, I'm still not where I need to be, and I'm like, there's got to be something here, so I, my nutritionist had told me about FDN, so I went to it, yeah, I want to take this, and as I was going through it, obviously, you know, we take all these tests on herself. Well, I loaded up. I want all of them. I told him I want every freaking test, so they found, oh, he's got H. pylori way up there he's got C not that they, they, we don't test for SIBO but my opportunistic bacteria were like way the hell off the chart and I was loaded with candida mm. and I'm like okay what do we do and so we went through a protocol and as we went through that protocol all of a sudden my gut I did a food sensitivity test did the whole thing but I started rebalancing and as we pull slowly but surely made the move and got back on track my gut calmed down 
One of the things that I found majorly crazy and depressing to me was in gallbladder surgery, any surgeries, that's why we had the notes before, was a round of Cipro or Bactrim, which is a high-grade antibiotic. Right. So Cipro and, 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 and Bactrim especially, so I'm going to classify this in two different ways. They can guarantee you and show you scientific data that and doctors on YouTube talk about it all the time. One shot of Cipro kills and annihilates your gut bacteria for a year. Oh a God. year. Not not slows it down, literally kills it. Well, as we know, the gut, we need a good balance, and there's gonna be no balance there. But when you have no balance, who grows the fastest? Bad guys. There you go. The bad guys take over and then you got major issues. Well, that's what had happened with me because of my round of antibiotics I had because I was septic and they had loaded me up with antibiotics. That's why mm -hmm. I couldn't for, for years. I dealt with, I say for a year, for a good year after surgery, I didn't have, but amoxicillin, we've heard of that one. Mm -hmm. Take it for a toothache for tooth, you know, stuff. amoxicillin, doxycycline. Wow. Those will, those will, those will kill your gut for six months. Jeez. So there is a ton of things to be aware of right. that this gut is robust. This gut is made to really do a hell of a damn job for us. But it's delicate and it needs balance. And all it takes fucking it up is taking the wrong damn thing at the wrong damn time, and it's screwed. And but if you don't know. You don't know where to go, and that's why I use I use Biome Effects on their on our gut test and stuff, and you know what that is. So I do a gut test, I do an Alcat test, I do a comprehensive nutrition assay, I do a ton of these kind of things, simply because that gut. If we don't one, we got to know why it's inflamed. What's going to oh by the way, I did it, obviously in the middle of mine. I was leaky gut as well. Right. So I'm a ton of stuff. Right. And but why wasn't it getting better? It wasn't getting better because I didn't know how to make it better. But now when we went through it, and all of a sudden, I still had issues. And then this is this this is my sad one of my DNA test. I still had a little bit of digestive issues even after I got fixed, and I couldn't figure out why. My body does not metabolize monounsaturated fats. Mm. Avocados, it loves to eat them, but it doesn't like to digest them. And I'm like, but every health person you know, you right. gotta have great fats and avocado is one of the best. Right. Not for me. Huh. So I am unique. I'm weird. I know that. And <laughs> anybody would name themselves a gallbladder guru is nuts in itself. You know? <laughs> and yeah. branded material I see there. You got a shirt. Oh, well, hey, I'm telling you. We, so my here's what I knew that scared me. So after my surgery and after going through all this stuff, so three years ago, I was playing around on the internet and looking for issue, looking for information, you know, couldn't find it real quick. I'll just tell you the real quick story after my aftermath. So when I got back semi-balanced and with the bile salts and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, well, if it worked for me, I wonder if it works for anybody else. I wonder if anybody else having this trouble. Obviously my little circle of friends from, from church and society, Everybody depends and Imodium AD and all this kind of stuff. Don't go, don't go to a Mexican restaurant. Don't go to a Chinese restaurant and all this kind of stuff. And so anyway, 
to make a long story short, I couldn't find a whole lot of information. So I literally went out and I created a page. In fact, you can go look at my history of the, you know, on a page on Facebook. So the page was originally called My Gallbladder Tried to Kill Me. Well, nobody wanted to follow me. Nobody wanted to be around it because I guess they did like, holy hell, what is this horror story he's trying to talk about? <laughs> but as I started sharing information on there, my wife is what, you know what, buddy? She said, you're always so passionate about what ails you because you're always like, it doesn't matter when we got pregnant, we got pregnant, not her, we got pregnant. It was study, study, study to find out just what's going on, what's happening inside of her body. I knew what it was. I'm a big farm boy, so I knew what procreation is i know what farm animals are i've got cows i've got all that kind of stuff i know what's happening you know with a circle of life i know all this but i didn't know about humans so study 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 you know the best i could and all that she said you always go to the guru route and i'm like hey we just watched anthony robbins i'm not your guru and she's <laughs> like why don't you make a play on that and call yourself the gallbladder guru so i changed it to gallbladder guru we had 500 followers in like three or four months and i was like who the hell are these people following me? And literally, all I was doing, Heather, is I was going out in the mornings while drinking coffee. I would search articles about gallbladder issues, and I, I literally took the took the uh, the creative liberty to look at it. If it was something positive, something make a change, something about surgery, or whatever, I literally would just grab the link, go over on my page, and post it. Well, next thing you know, I got a thousand followers. And I had a friend of mine who had built a group of like 700,000 people. And he said, look, when you get a couple thousand people following you, you ought to try looking for building a group and just see if these people need really more intimate, detailed stuff. And I'm like, ain't nobody going to follow a damn gallbladder. I mean, if there's nothing sexy about it. Who gives a damn, you know? And sure enough, though, I built a group and we had almost 2,000 people join that group in, a, in less than a year. A year later, we had... 15 or no 13,000 people and a year after that we're we're going into our fixing to go into our third year in September this year and we're at 25,000 people that's mind-blowing it is got, but that, that shows the people having issues and they're asking oh, absolutely. questions absolutely so we've got you know just a short amount of time and I really want to yeah. know about the testing so because you said that you know we can't actually get eyes on the gallbladder and it makes it a lot yeah. harder so when you talked about having a sluggish gallbladder or or you already have stones so like is there tests that you can run and what are those that kind of look at gallbladder health yeah there's tests that we cannot do but okay. Okay, but I tell everybody if if they've got stones, if they've been if they've had a CAT scan or or an ultrasound looking for a pregnancy, right? And they happen to find the gallbladder and they're like, oh, you got gallstones. They're asymptomatic, meaning they're not causing issues. You just get recorded in your record that you've got gallstones. It's no big deal. Twenty million people have gallstones diagnosed every year. Less than a million have surgery. I mean, it's just it's just part of society. It's just part of who as a human body that's living on this planet eating the wrong foods the right foods doing this it's just part of it right. so if you become having symptoms one of the surefire ways to help you a little bit more to get your mind at rest which i did not know this was an option until after i had my surgery was you do a HIDA scan h-i-d-a and it's a big acronym it's an acronym for a big old freaking long bunch of words i ain't worry about it. just look up h-i-d-a scan that scan is where they will give you some insure. The doctors will perform it, and they actually then they'll give you a, a an isotope, and you they can watch 
the isotope move from the liver into the gallbladder and then from the gallbladder into the duodenum, it'll make its, and then they can tell how that gallbladder is actually performing. Is it low performing, high performing? Is it normal function? And the normal functionality is anywhere between 30 and 70%. Anything on those outliers is really, really questionable. Obviously, low functioning just means it's no different. It's lazy gallbladder, and it's like, you know, you're really not getting any benefit of it anyway. But hyperfunction, you're getting it dumped at one time instead of over a period of time. So that's a really good test for people to have. And I tell everybody, if you're, if you're having questions, Go get it. I mean, your doctor can help you do it, and then you can understand what's going on with that organ, the actual functionality. If it was your finger, bend your finger. Oh, I can't bend it. Well, there maybe there's something there, but we can't see that internally. Right, so you said symptoms. So what kind of symptoms are you looking for? Oh, man. <clears throat> so number one usually are digestive issues, and but the first flag people come with is, I got pain in my right upper quadrant, right underneath your right, your right breast right up there on the liver, uh, or they'll be swollen. Like if you can't put your fingers underneath your rib cage and fill up underneath there a little bit, you know, say I can push in a little bit. That's what you're supposed to. Some people will have protrusion because their gallbladder and their liver is swollen and it's pushed out a little bit. I had two, I had four boobs. I had one here on the right side and one on the left. My pancreas was so swollen along with my spleen, it was pushing out from underneath my rib cage. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and so I was toxic, you know, you know, but you'll have pain there, digestive issues. Usually after a fatty meal, mm. you'll wake up at three or four in the morning, sweats mm. after a night you've had dinner and it's just one at three or four in the morning. It's got nothing to do with your dinner. It's how your body goes into cleansing mode at, at right. three or four with the liver. So when that liver kicks in and tries to clean, then you wake up like, holy crap, what's going on with what I, I digested the day before. If you eat a fatty meal, eat breakfast, eat some eggs, right? The choline and the fats in the egg yolk, all of a sudden you're getting the pain in your right upper quadrant, you know, 30 minutes, an hour after you eat. It could very well be that, you know, and, and something like mine, then the reason that doctors, I was so misdiagnosed and put on so many medications, oh, you, it's all in your head, you had anxiety, all this stuff. I would get pain here. And it literally would just move. It would move into my sternum, and it would be like, okay, now what's it doing? All oh, it move this way. And, and, and doctors will be like, pain doesn't move through your body. Like, well, it does move because your vagus nerve and your ventric nerves in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it. There's just, hey, everybody's symptoms are a little bit different. Oily stool. If you go to the bathroom, that's a big indicator about not digesting fats. So if you go to the bathroom, there's an oily sheen on on the water. Pay attention to that. If you have uh, not not just floating stools, but if the stools are lighter in color, right, and little not not as congealed or as compacted as they need to be, and if you can, uh, I tell everybody if I'm even if you're even contemplating, if they come well come in the group. Number one, start a journal right then. Start a journal about everything you're eating, everything that's going on in your body, how many times you go poop a day. You know, what is it? And another one is does it smell bad? It means you're not digesting properly. If you see undigested food particles in your stool, that's an indicator of your pancreas doing some things. So it's there's some things. 
everything I had. I was in a public restroom the other day and oh my God, I don't know what the hell that woman was doing next to me, but it was horrific. And it took everything I had not to slide my card underneath the floor <laughs> and say, honey, give me a call. Cause it ain't supposed to be like that. Like, yeah. Here, I mean, so here, so get this. So when you just said that, it's an interesting thing. I grew up on a dairy, grew up on a farm and all that kind of stuff. I've always had digestive issues. Always. Never. That's normal. I get married at 27. My wife is as solid as a rain. She can eat whatever she wants to eat. And I mean, she has perfect BMs, all that kind of stuff. Now I'm just being honest. And we, we're an open family like that to be just, look, we're going to tell this shit like it is, whether it hair lips you or not. And what, right after we got married one day, she looks at me and she says, Hey, I know you're having bathroom issues. No, I'm not. And she said, uh, it's not supposed to be like that. And I'm, and, and, and I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, buddy, it's not supposed to be like that. Yeah. And I'm like, what does it need to be like? And then she literally went Encyclopedia Britannica, nothing. She literally started going through. And then finally she, she cause I'm a country boy. She goes and we got a friend of ours who's a vet. And then he was telling me, what do you, th your cows, if they're having loose bowels, you, I mean, and it's a boy it was so stupid to be honest, Heather, I'm in the middle of with cows and different animals on our farm. And if they have diarrhea, I'm on top of it. You know, the pigs and whatnot. I'm on top of it. I can have it. And it's like, oh, it's just normal. Like, right. Ain't nothing freaking normal about it. Not a damn thing normal. And I'm like, holy hell. And I will tell you, the guy who, who cured me of all this stuff and going carnivore was my veterinarian. He said, boy, don't you? He goes, you want to know what makes people fat? I said, oh, boy. He said, don't you think about it. When you got a hog or a calf out there and you're going to feed him up and you're going to slaughter him, what do you feed him? Corn and grain. And I'm like, man, I'm rice mids, you know, wheat mids, corn. He said, yeah, grain, grain, grain. He said, you, your doctor told you not to eat fat because you'll get fat if you eat fat, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, did you feed your freaking cows and your and your ducks and your chickens and all this? Did you feed them fat? No, you fed them grain. Guess who the biggest freaking mammal on the planet, other than a damn whale, is? Us. And we're fatting each other up like you wouldn't believe going to slaughter. And I, it hit me. I it swear to God, he just, he just decked me. And I was like, oh, my God. And he goes, now, go look. Go read your damn packaging and find out where all your grains are at. Fortunately, it's like every freaking thing on the damn supermarket is grain, 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 grain. Absolutely. And I was like, holy hell. Made some changes. Made, obviously made some big changes. And uh, voila, there it is. So I want to bring something. I'm going to be devil's advocate for a second. Because, I mean, you did at the beginning challenge my education, which is great. Right? Bring, bring, bring as, as I learn better, I do better. Always. I'm never I'm never tied to something unless I've done it for myself. Right. And I'm here, right. Personal experience. But so I understand you had a horrible experience with a gallbladder liver flush. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen so many freaking testimonial after testimonial mm -hmm. after testimonial from naturopathic doctors, from FDN practitioners who say that they helped avoid getting surgery by doing these flushes. Yep. So do you think, and I already probably know the answer to your question. Do you think that what happened to you is the, the exception or the rule? I think it's an exception. I think, I, I think I do. I don't think it's a rule. I think it's an exception. My, my 
two cents out of all of this. I don't want to be that practitioner that tells Heather to go get a gallbladder flush and avoid surgery. Because one, I'm never going to tell you you're going to avoid surgery. If you're having symptoms and major complications, I'm never going to tell you that. How can I, can I help you through it? Absolutely, I can help you through it. But I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. But in the same breath, I can just tell you as a human being, it, it would break my heart that if you come back and said, hey, I had major complications and they had to take out this and they did this and I got septus and I've been sick for a year and you lost all this, What you lost big quality of life over me telling you to do something that's mm-hmm. not normal like that. So my deal is all based on physiology. When I look at what this guy looks like, Mm-hmm. And I know that the bile duct is this. <laughs> good point, good point. You, you know, and I don't know what kind of stones you have, right? See, I can, like Ursodyl, they will, Ursodyl is, is, a, is a chemical that's made to go, that's what Tudka is made out of. It's Ursodyl and Taurine blended. Mm-hmm. But if you take Ursodyl and you, put it against cholesterol stones, it will dissipate the cholesterol out, break those things apart, and allow bile to wash back over and be able to dissolve stones. Hmm. But if they're pigment stones, Mm. there's no cholesterol here to get rid of. This is all bilirubin. Well, you don't know what kind of stone is inside of a person. Now, what they do know, just by as many cholecystectomies as been performed, about 10% of surgeries are are dark stones or pigment stones. The rest of them are all cholesterol. So there's a really good chance that you could do that. But my and my big but is I don't know what's going on internally. The only thing I can help you control is your diet if you're willing to go through that. And I'm willing to help you do that. I'm not going to try to force a stone into an area that it's not made for. Because you'll never convince me, and I've, I've read too many papers, that, that you sense. can drink all this apple juice and it soften the stones and to drink all this malic acid and this other, or that's, what, that's apple juice, but all this other stuff, and it will dilate the bile duct. Hmm. What I've read is for this thing to get dilated, it's got to be severely infected and inflamed. Mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, you know what? I'll err on the side of caution with my clients all day before I put you in a precarious situation because I truly believe I am the exception. But what happens if? Right. What happens if? That does make a lot of sense. So how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? Gallbladderguru.com. Okay, easy enough. And, and, you and have Facebook, any- Gallbladder Guru, go to, just look up the Gallbladder Guru on Facebook. You can Google it now. The SEO picks it up. I'm the only Gallbladder Guru out there. <laughs> I know. Now you got my mind running. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I can be the Lyme Guru. Um, hey, why not? Right? Why not? Um, and then are, do you have anything coming up? Any specials, any giveaways, any launches that you want to promote and plug? We're, we're getting ready. We got our own line of Tudka that oh, we're, nice. getting ready, we're, we're pushing through and it should be out any day. I say any day, any week okay. supply chains and crap right now. Don't get me started on that. That's another whole hour of stuff, oh, stuff. Yeah. but that that's coming up. But uh, you know, with, uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll create a code. And if anybody that's here does need me, let me know. Mm-hmm. And I'll give them 10% off of my services for being on with you. 
Absolutely. I'd, I'd love for you to just to go ahead and create that and email it to me and I will put yeah. it in the show notes when this sure. airs. Awesome. Um, but and, I, uh, I'm so blessed that you, uh, that you said yes and that you're joining me in my mastermind, you know, so we're really going to up level, you know, everything that we're doing right here. Cause I, yeah. you and I share the same passion for not seeing another it's, person go through what the hell we went through. It's, right? it's, and, and look, I never knew that was a thing. You know, I never knew it was anything. And, and, and look, the gallbladder flush seemed so innocent. Right. It really did. It seemed so, it seemed so innocent until it wasn't. And yeah. that's, I can tell you, if, if I am the exception, I, me, this me personally, I just don't, I don't want one client five years from now to come back and say, I did one of your gallbladder flushes and, you know. Oh, yeah, this. no, that would be a, that would be, that would be my worst fear come true. Like that would sure. be, I, that would be horrific. That would. First, first fear is that someone would get hurt. Second fear would be that someone get hurt and then sue my ass into oblivion because right. I don't blame them. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody for harm and me. I'd rather say, look, okay, is there a chance you got gallstones? Yeah, there's a damn good chance. Oh, you've had a CAT scan and you do have gallstones. Then we're going to walk a road differently than most people. We're going to, we're going to treat it differently until we don't have to. Right. Right. Maybe three or four years from now, they create a medical drug. They give you a shot and all of a sudden, boom, your gallstones are diluted and you're gone. Right. Here's the last thing my, my surgeon told me. So here's my little model again. This guy got full of stones, right? Uh-huh. If I take a drug and the liver's got to process it and it's going to come out and go into my gallbladder, well, how do, if this gallbladder had this many stones in it, how does fluid get in there where the stones are already impacted? Mm. It, it can't, it, the volume has already been taken up by the stones. Yeah. So the only way to get ursidyl, let's pick on it, or anything, even a, an herb, they call it, to try to break these stones apart, how does that herb that's in the bile, bile fluid, how does it come down and get into a cavity that's already full? Because right. it's got it's to swirl around the ice cube, right, in order to dilute it. Gotcha. to melt it if you can't get in there it right. just goes on through the bile duct and goes right straight into your intestinal tract so it's kind of a moot point it's just not going to happen what i will tell you is i've had sadly i've had a lot of people over time mention to me like right like three years ago hey i'm not having surgery i'm gonna do everything to keep avoiding it and they'll take all kinds of supplements and you know what they don't avoid it they prolong it and three years later, that person messes, messages me on Facebook going, buddy, I just had emergency surgery. This ain't fun. And it's just like, it breaks my heart because it's just like, you know, you may, if you're having, if you catch it early enough with sludge and some other things and make some dietary changes, can you avoid surgery? You might be able to. And I would advocate doing it. But I want to know first, I will, I will lean on the medical industry because I'm, I'm kind of torn in there. Go get testing. Right. Find out what kind of stones you've got. Find out what kind of digestive issues you can't, if you can't. We can test for the digestive issues, but if you've got stones, what kind are they? Can you tell? They can't really tell, but they can tell you how many they've got, right? Are they impacted? Is the gallbladder? Do a HIDA scan, and they bring that information and going like, well, here's the deal. 
And it's like, okay, you know what? You got some sludge and you got some room in your gallbladder. So you know what? Maybe you can dilute, you know, dilute, yeah. dissolve them and dilute some things out and make it happen. But it's not going to be easy. And it's going to be the thing about any, the last thing I'll say is the sad part is to dissolve gallstones is a very long and arduous process. And that's medical journals telling you. That's why they don't give ursinol to everybody who gets diagnosed with gallstone because it's like you got to change your diet, you've got to exercise more, and you've got to take this drug three times a day for 18 months or more. Wow. If you quit taking the drug, the stones come back. So, it's so doesn't that standard... Quick fix. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's, 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 it's that long. You're just... You're just prolonged. I can tell you, and this is where I'll, I'll shut it up with this. I had gallstone surgery, or gallbladder and gallstone emergency surgery five, seven years ago, 2015. I weigh 240 pounds. My cholesterol's better than it's ever been. My life is better than it's ever been. I've got more damn energy than I can ever imagine happening. I'm glad it happened to me. Absolutely. I'm glad it happened to me. I took it and I took that block and I made a block and a bridge and made a bridge to of information for other people. I'm proud of that. I'm happy that it happened to me. Am I sad? I'm kind of sad, but not really, because I've learned a valuable lesson. And you know, the re I've, here's what I have learned that I will spend the rest of my life doing what I'm doing right now. I love championing for this and helping people live after gallbladder surgery. I love. Amen. It. So. Beautiful note to end on. My God, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for saying yes and coming aboard. I really appreciate it. Hey, I love talking shit with you. Awesome. Do some more. <laughs> Have a good one, y'all. You bet.